Hello, welcome back to Movie-ish. Today we're going to be discussing this week's entertainment news, going over a couple of trailers that came out over the past week, and then doing our review of the fifth episode of What If. Alright, so for the news this week, we're going to start off with the Shang-Chi box office. Just to reiterate, the opening weekend box, box office numbers were $75 million for the three-day and then $94.1 million for the four-day Labor Day weekend. It is now followed up with the uh, estimated second weekend numbers as of Sunday of a $35 million second weekend, which is about a 53% drop, which is on par for Marvel movies. Yeah, and as a direct result of that, Venom has moved up two weeks and will now release on October 1st. Um, and its runtime has been released as 90 minutes, which is pretty exciting, even though I'm not that excited for the movie, but I'm glad it's shorter. I'm going to see a beautiful disaster. It's going to be great. Jesus. Uh, we also got the runtime for No Time to Die. It's the longest James Bond film at two hours and 42 minutes. That I'm excited for. Like, I want it to be three and a half hours. I'm going to watch that movie and cry. Yeah, I can't wait to see Daniel Craig again. And uh, this week, PlayStation had an event where they revealed some more on some games that had been announced such as god of war ragnarok we got our first gameplay full trailer seeing a bunch of reveals on that and they did announce it will be the last game in the norse saga so most likely that means they're going to move on to another mythology after this because i doubt they're going to stop that series um two big reveals were we got a spider-man 2 trailer showing that you would be able to play as peter and miles in the in it it was just a cinematic trailer it gave us 100 percent confirmation that venom is in the game and it also seemed to heavily imply that craven will be there too looks a lot darker than the first game but i'm super excited and then a surprise was a very quick announcement cinematic for a wolverine game by the same studio and that's insomniac uh if that's a rated m game and they just let me absolutely murder people as wolverine i'm going to disappear for like a week playing it um, they also showed a little bit more on Midnight Suns, which is another Marvel-based game. For the, uh, and the Midnight Suns are like a group within the comics who it's they're kind of darker and more magic. But it's going to be like an RPG. You're playing an original character. The combat is card-based. It's going to be interesting. I'll probably play it if it has good reviews. Yeah, I don't have a PlayStation, but that Wolverine cinematic like makes me want to buy one solely so I can buy that game. You probably have like three years before that game comes out, so you got plenty of time. <laughs> Oh, sweet. I can save up some cash. Uh, we also found out that Spider-Man Far From Home and Eternals take place at the same time, which is really interesting and is going to help us maybe start piecing together the timeline post-endgame. Yeah. Once again, it's still kind of murky, um, but I think Far From Home takes place like eight months after Endgame, which is going to throw people off because that was the first one after, and then there's like five things that have happened in between that, so hopefully it starts to become clearer here soon. For the last bit of entertainment news that has nothing to do with movies or video games, trailers, or any of that stuff, it comes from Nick Jr. We got Steve from Blue's Clues dropping a video on Twitter uh, talking about how he's still proud of us and that he never forgot about us. Uh, it made me cry. Like, I'm not even going to lie. I was in tears watching this video. Yeah, I couldn't finish it. It made me too emotional. Um, yeah, it was kind of one of those things that it's like, I didn't know I need this, but I needed this. When Steve left Blue's Clues, it kind of broke my child's heart. My child's self-heart, I should say. 
Yeah, I don't know exactly where it came from. Like, I don't know if it was some brilliant marketing scheme. I think it literally was. Like, because it was, I think it was from the Nick Jr. Twitter. Like, it was. Yeah, yeah like, the Nick Jr. Twitter posted it. Um, absolutely insane. I, it couldn't have been right. But the world has lost her mind. He actually appeared on the, what is it, the Late Show with Stephen Colbert or the Tonight Show with Stephen Colbert, whichever one it is. He, Stephen Colbert had him on as a guest after that video came out. Yeah, I believe it. Like, he broke the internet with that video. Everybody was crying. So looking at the trailers from this past week, the first one we want to discuss is The Last Night in Soho, directed by Edgar Wright. Um, JD and I are both huge Edgar Wright fans. I haven't seen all of his movies. I never watched... Um, uh, what is the one with... Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah, I, I've tried to watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and I, I can't get through it. It's like a... Yeah, I actually just rewatched that one recently, and it's like, the first time I remember, I was just like, this is too much. But the second time, I was like, this is good. It's definitely, like, it, it makes sense that it's an Edgar Wright movie. Like, it's totally his shtick. Oh, really? Um, I just need to, like, force myself mm. to sit down and watch it from beginning to end. This looks Yeah, it's pretty... on Netflix now, so... Yeah. This movie looks different from the rest of his uh, filmography. Like, I am really excited for this film. Oh, it's definitely like a totally different tone. Um, the so we're really talking about the second trailer here, but yeah, I, I never watched trailer, the first trailer. The first trailer didn't show any conversation. It was basically like a it was like a rarity. Now it was actually like a teaser trailer. Like it was totally just like giving you a feel of the tone, the ambiance, and all that stuff. And I was like, holy hell, this is different. I like that this one does dive into it more. It shows a little bit more of the Edgar Wright of it, I think, than the first trailer did. Like, there's, you still get that feel, but it is 100% a different tone. A, like, it's him kind of changing it up a little bit, which excites me, you know? Yeah, I'm That's really excited to grow. see him, yeah, branch out and try something new. So, I'm looking right now. This is totally original, right? Like, it's not like he's adapting anything. I uh, don't believe he The trailer is. didn't mention anything about it being an adapted screen, or like, it being adapted from some work. Normally, no, like yeah. these days, the trailer will have that classic, like, based like, on a best-selling novel or whatever. Yeah, you're totally right, yeah. So I don't think, I think this is totally original, which, once again, is amazing. Like, so, I mean, I'll let you kind of lead the discussion on this one, though. Yeah, I mean, I just think it looks intense and gritty. Um, I'm excited to see Matt Smith play this antagonist you know, shitty dude from the sixties. Um, but I'm really interested to see this sort of dual performance from Anya Taylor Joy and Thomas and McKenzie. Uh, I've loved them both in previous films. Uh, Thomas and McKenzie was one of the only good things from old. And, uh, yep. I mean, Anya Taylor Joy is an amazing actress. She, I love her. Anya Taylor Joy I think Anya Taylor-Joy is going to be, like, up there with Saoirse Ronan. Like, it's those two are going to be, like, constantly up for Oscars here in the next decade. Oh, I uh, agree. Thomas and McKenzie also could eventually could join that group. I mean, we've seen a lot. I mean, I'd have to check, but I think her first big project was Jojo Rabbit. That was That's like, the first time right I've ever seen her was Jojo Rabbit, yeah. I think. And she, I mean, she, but she's, she's slowly coming more and more into more and more projects so right. excited uh and i agree with you on the matt smith take i'm just 
glad to see Matt Smith in a movie that I think will be good. He yeah. like he was I love his doctor um and but literally almost every movie he has been in and even some down the pipeline I'm like dude what is your agent doing to you like he was in that terrible Terminator movie. You know what else you know what other movie he's in that's coming out? That's coming out recently or soon? That's that, yeah. No. I want you to guess. Um Morbius. Morbius. Um, Matt Smith. Uh, the last time I remember seeing him on screen, he was in, oh God, what was that? Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. That's the last time I think I've seen him on screen. And it was like he was doing a terrible Tim Roth from Four Rooms impression. It was so weird and so, like, yeah, terrible. I don't think I ever saw that just because you and David said it was awful. <laughs> oh, it was, it was one of the worst movies I've seen. But yeah, I mean, there's not, like, it's just, there's a lot of stylistic choices, like, in this trailer that I'm, like, I would say to just make me excited. Like, I love just the intrigue of it. And this one does give more plot. Like, okay, you've got the main character. She's modern, but she's having these dreams. And it's like, oh, clearly there's, like, a mystery element. Is it really supernatural? What's going on? I'm just excited. Like, I mean, it's going to boil down to that. I'm going to see it when it comes out. It's already actually had, I think it already screened at one of a film festival. So it's already getting good reviews, which is great. Yeah. I think like, um, Edgar Wright has some great, uh, cinematography in his films. And I'm excited to see this element. Like when you see, um, Anya Taylor joy, look in the mirror and it's Thomas and McKenzie looking back or vice versa. I think there's going to be a lot of mm-hmm. cool play with, cinematography in this film that we haven't necessarily seen in Edgar Wright's previous movies which I'm really excited and he's he's also like his movies the editing is top-notch oh absolutely so I think it it, this just works really well yeah um another thing to mention about this film it is Diana Riggs last performance oh I didn't know she Yeah, so for those who don't know, she played Lady Olena on Game of Thrones. So, and I mean, obviously, that's just what she's most popular for, known for, like in modern times, but she's a prolific actress. So, great to see her one last time. I'm looking at the cast here. Did you see that Oliver and James Phelps are in the film? And it looks like they'll be playing, I don't know if they're twins or some weird thing. Their characters' names are listed as Jarvis and Harvis. Oh my god, that's amazing. That's so um, exciting. That just adds more excitement. I love those two. <laughs> oh yeah. Um it, so I'm excited for the film. Uh I have the line towards the end of this trailer where like you know, you've got the older version of Matt Smith's character played by um what's that guy's name? Terrence Stamp. Yeah, Terrence Stamp, who I love. I think he's a great actor. Um prolific too. Absolutely. He has that line where he's like, oh, you're going to have to be more specific. Like, he's heard a lot of people. Kind of cliche. And, like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so it'll be interesting. Um, Honestly, it could just be a trailerism. It might That's work better in the film. Right. Also, you never know. That line might not even be in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, it's like, I heard that line. And I was like, oh, like, we've heard it a million times. Also, first first word in the trailer do you know what it is no baby oh my god yeah i thought that was a pretty funny little 
I don't know if it was on purpose. Knowing Edgar Wright, like his attention to detail, I I don't know. It, it's a funny coincidence it, it, in this one. It's a little yeah, a little nod at least. At least. Another funny thing is the the song that plays at the second half of the trailer. I think was also in the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood trailer, which is. Um, I think you're right. I'm trying to remember back to that trailer now. Yeah, which I guess it's like. If we're getting a resurgence of like '60s, uh, like themed movies, right? Like I don't know. I feel like we get these waves of various decade films. Like for a while, it was the '80s. You know, there was the Stranger Things bit. There was the Black Mirror episode that took place in the '80s. And so, like for a while, there was like '80s music and everything, and you know. could be that we're about to hit like a 60s decade um resurgence like uh themed movies Mm -hmm. pretty exciting that's interesting i hadn't even thought of that um i'm excited for the movie i i will watch anything by edgar wright so i that pretty much covers all my opinions on this apparently except for scott pilgrim (laughs) i i dude i can't get into it man i've tried so yeah i like watched it at work i mean because like at work there's long spans of time where all I'm doing is monitoring equipment. Like, we just have to sit there in case anything goes on. So, we just sit there on our laptops. Me okay. and this other guy were just, like, watching a movie. And I was like, I've seen this. And I just remember it not working for me the first time. And then I watched it. I was paying attention. I was like, okay, this isn't that bad. Is it well-reviewed? I actually do enjoy Um, Yeah, it was well-reviewed. The thing about it is that it was a complete, like, financial bomb. Oh, no. It flopped hard. Like, nobody went and saw it? No, nobody yeah, saw it. Yeah, it's got a 70 on Metacritic. That's not bad. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd have to look. I'm wondering if it's Baby Driver or Hot Fuzz that is his best-reviewed film. It's one of those two. Mm. I mean, both are phenomenal movies. Minus Kevin I mean, Spacey kind of tainting Baby Driver for me. The Kevin Spacey of it all. I mean, thankfully. Thankfully, he's like... I mean, he's a, he's in the movie, but you know, like, yeah. I mean, you're right. Never mind. It just it still does kind of overhang it. it. And then there's like it. Ansel Elgort has his own. Uh, I keep forgetting ish. about that. I forgot all about his like situation. Well, it's because like right after it came out, like I think it, it like really coincided well with the pandemic. But like people still know. Like if you look at the West Side Story trailers, like they really tried to hide the fact that hey, Ansel Elgort's the male lead in this movie. Jeez. <laughs> Another movie that uh, I am excited for, I think, like, all A24 films, I don't know if all of them, but, like, the vast majority of A24 films are high quality, and I love Joaquin Phoenix, is uh, the movie Come On, Come On, which, I don't know, I couldn't find, when does it get released? Like, it said it was, uh, it, like, dropped at a festival earlier this month, but, um... Double-checking. I... I think like I found like some vague references to October, but then it's also going to be at a uh, festival in October, so I don't know. It's Brian Mills, who I've never seen any of his other films. He did Modern Women or something like that. Yeah, so it doesn't look like there's a current release date attached to this at the moment. Gotcha. Uh, 20th Century Women was uh, a previous film of his. But actually, on IMDb, it's saying it was released this 
the second of this month, which is yeah. already passed. I'm not sure if that's just the festival when it that, was like shown or yeah, what. Yeah, that's the festival, or at least that's what I th- oh, okay. thought. I don't know. It looks good. I think it looks interesting. I'll watch anything with Joaquin Phoenix. Um, I don't have a ton to say about this, and I know you don't really either. I just think it looks like an artsy, possible uh, Oscar-nominated performance. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm assuming he'll get nominated, but you kind of know how the Oscars work nowadays. Like he just got nominated, he just got his um statue. So, has there ever been a back to back? Uh, I don't know if in recent years. I think the closest would be Frances McDormand. I don't know if she's gone back to back, but I mean, Frances McDormand. Frances McDormand goes up there all the time. Her and Meryl Streep, they're just they're just there. That's their stage. Well, that's all I've got for Come On, Come On. I'm excited for it. I'll see it when it hits theaters. Yeah. No, I'll probably see it. Um, whenever it is eventually released, like, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we finally got the trailer for uh, Adam McKay's next film, Don't Look Up. And... Obviously, just a little background. You know, Adam McKay, his most recent directorial efforts have been Vice, the movie about Dick Cheney, and then the big short about the 2008 housing crisis and what surrounded, what precipitated that. And it's really interesting to just see this man who is known for just mostly broad comedies kind of segue into this way more like politically driven comedy. And he's great. I have loved both the big short and Vice. And it's clear he's taking, he's getting more and more ambitious and taking more and more swings with each of them. So if that keeps going up, uh, come on, I mean, uh, Don't Look Up is going to be just wild and just pure, like, throwing punches. Um, but it looks like it's basically, like, a team of scientists are like, hey, we have an asteroid coming at us. And I think what is implied in the trailers and everything is that it is a uh, right-wing-led government in the U.S. at the time. And they're just kind of like, eh whatever <laughs> we don't want to listen to you guys but it's got a killer cast you've got leonardo dicaprio uh jennifer lawrence meryl streep jonah hill i mean like literally the cast is so stacked it would take me like probably a minute to list everybody in the damn movie yeah i mean kate blanchett uh timothy chalamet tyler perry it looks i mean it's the cast is so stacked what i'm excited kid for... cuddy and ariana Grande. <laughs> oh i i completely forgot kid cuddy was in it you've got a shot of ariana grande um you have a shot of kid cuddy too i think he's an astronaut i think that's what the trailer showed is because i think he's like on the screen and you're in nasa um so i'm interested in this because this is going to be his first like really political film that's not based on a true story right where like the big short and vice yeah based in reality and I think it's also going to be a much more straightforward film uh, than Vice was. Vice was very experimental, I thought. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Like, it's just Vice. Like, I think Big Short is a better film than yeah, Vice. Yeah, I agree. But I still love Vice. I still do love Vice. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. I think Christian Bale was uh, robbed of his Oscar, but whatever. Who won? Was that when? No, that was before Joker. Um. Shit, who did win? Uh, actually, no. He lost to Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, Christian Bale was robbed. 100%. He should have... He... 
it's actually insane when you look, watch that film how much he put into that performance like the mannerisms and everything just very subtle things like it's it's kind of scary right and like i just didn't get the same for me it it always kind of felt like rami malik playing it was rami malik doing a very good he was doing a good impression of um but he wasn't living in the performance right what is um Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury, dude. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, for me, it was never like, I was never like, that's not Rami Malik. But the entirety of Vice, especially when uh, it's older Dick Cheney, it's like, that's not. Um, Christian Bale. Christian Bale, dude. I'm losing it. That's not Christian Bale. That's, you know, that is Dick Cheney. But yeah, yeah I think. No. I'm excited for this movie. I think it's going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah. And I think, yeah, so it is going to have a brief theatrical release, but it is a Netflix film. Right. Um, obviously, they're releasing it theatrically because I don't know if the Academy is sticking to the rule from this past year. You know, due to COVID, they were like, yeah, if it was on streamer, it can still be eligible. So we'll see. I'm just looking through the cast again. It's amazing. Yeah, man. It's, it is a deep, deep cast. And I'm just excited to see uh, Leo once again wow us with a complete mental breakdown in a room by himself. I was just thinking about that. And it looks like a really fun character to see Leo play. Like, It looks way like a, a very big difference. Because I think in past years, you, you, can, you can correct me, Leo has mostly paid people who, if not internally, externally, are very sure of him. And this looks like he is a very much like like kind of like introspective very in, like not very confident person yeah 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 i mean all of his all of his most recent roles have been pretty uh cocksure like, very leading men-esque but yeah i can't wait for that to drop what christmas eve did you already say that i believe it is christmas eve i said december i just was looking at the exact date because yeah. i think it's that's when it drops on netflix and yeah it drops on netflix december eve uh december eve christmas eve it drops on netflix christmas eve um and i think it hits theaters like a week 10 days before but it's limited i don't know if it'll be everywhere yeah i'm excited can't wait for it all right and the last trailer we're going to discuss today is the trailer for the matrix resurrections I really liked it. Yeah, this trailer was a fantastic trailer. I, like, I didn't really watch The Matrix growing up. I think I'd seen the first one, bits and pieces of it, you know. And it's so, like, ingrained in pop culture. Like, I didn't watch it until I was, like, probably the first one, only the first one, until I was, like, a teenager, probably an older teenager. And then I didn't watch all of them until college. And so I, it was so ingrained in my mind, too, that, like, the second and third one are a severe drop that I, like, actually don't mind all of them like I, I get the point why some people don't like the third one but i think the second one's a perfectly fine sequel but this one it just looks really intriguing especially because of the core concept of the matrix and like we've moved 20 years from now like the way society and everything has changed like it's i'm excited to see how they like adapt with the world yeah, I didn't watch the first Matrix movie until I was, I think, a junior or senior in high school, and I've never watched any of the sequels. So before this movie comes out, I will be watching all three. Um, 
I think this trailer looks gorgeous. The shots that you see here, uh, I mean, it looks like they're doing a lot with the cinematography. I'm also really excited. Uh, I mean, like, it's a little sad, too. Like, I love Lawrence Fishburne as Morpheus, but Yahya Abdul-Mateen is, I guess, taking on that role. Do we know yeah, why he... that is? No, but he has confirmed that he is Morpheus. Gotcha. It's exciting because I love that actor so much. I mean, there's so much secrecy. It's like there's a, there's a lot of people in this too. Like I don't know. I'm excited. You the, the like just the stylistic nature of all the action in it. They've adapted oh, it and it's grown. And I don't know if you noticed this, but there's like two shots or sequences, like short, quick, where someone is watching the first Matrix movie in the trailer. No way. I no, I didn't catch that. One of them is it's a shot and it's like it looks like it's on a projector on a wall. Dude. And it's like a scene I wanna say early on in the movie when uh, Keanu Reeves is in the interrogation room early on. Holy before he knows what's shit. going on. Yeah, so it's Do like you think that meta. they are playing with that? Like I think so, because like oh I think that gosh. last line in the trailer when it's like go back to the matrix, I think they're referring to the like they're just gaslighting the shit out of him? Yeah, dude. I think. Oh my gosh. I can't wait for this movie. That's so exciting. So, like, I'm wondering. I don't know if he's, like, supposed to be a younger Morpheus or if, like, Morpheus hasn't aged. I don't know. But there's so much intrigue. And, like, I don't even want to say anything about the last two movies since you haven't seen them. Right. But there's, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of questions I have regarding stuff that happens in the third one. And then the stuff, like, just base things you see in this trailer like you'll have the same questions after you see those movies you'll be like well this is confusing <laughs> gotcha well like i was hoping before this movie comes out possibly like first week or two of december we could do a podcast where we go through the um the three movies and kind of go in depth on what we think is going to happen in this one we can but man <laughs> I'm gonna be sitting there like just throwing stuff at the at the wall, hoping something sticks oh, yeah. for that. It's like I'm excited. It is interesting to note that only one of the Wachowski sisters is directing this. The other one said right. more or less that they just weren't interested in delving back into that, which is understandable. It wasn't anything like anything went bad behind the scenes. They just more or less said that they were not. It wasn't something that piqued their interest anymore. I also think the posters so great or like maybe it's a teaser poster i don't know how that works but yeah it's, it's just so the good. two pills right yeah the red and blue pills and i think above it it says the choice is yours something like that well you oh, see so he's prescri he's being prescribed the blue pill i know oh this movie yeah they're, going they're, they're, so they're 100 percent gaslighting him. they have to be they have to be gaslighting. right and that's like we've discussed this but if you can end on a high note Right, like if you watch the the prequel trilogy, the first two prequels aren't good, but the third one is so good, like in our minds, it like, yeah, it kind of like, so like it elevates the trilogy as a whole. Right, and so if this movie comes out and is like, it kind of redeems. In some minds, it redeems. I don't like. Once again, I'm not necessarily as hard on the third movie. I as like, like OG I think fans are. No, it's it's not just a few fans. Most people hate that movie. <laughs> Oh, I said OG fans. Oh, OG, my bad. Um, Very good. Th but that'll be that's a discussion to say for later when you've seen it. Like, 
right. so we can it can be an actual discussion and not just me being yeah, like, gotcha, gotcha. Da, da, da. Well, all in all, I'm excited for this movie. Oh, yeah, it's definitely up there with movies I'm truly excited to see this year. Like, I'm just glad that after the last year and a half, we're finally we're getting some movies again. <laughs> I yes. mean, I knew like we're get, we've had Marvel, we've had some other ones, but like this is just something that I'm like, oh yeah, <clears throat> right. It's just <laughs> something different to be excited for. All right, so we are going to do a little little fun experiment, I guess, um, just to get it to know us more, how we feel about movies. We're going to rank the MCU, and it's just the films. In its personal preference. It's not like what we think are the best films in order. It's just our ranking one through all 25 of the current MCU films. So we'll kind of go back and forth. We're going to start with worst and just kind of move up. So to just kind of hit the ground running. My least favorite MCU film is The Incredible Hulk. Interesting. I guess that and makes that sense is, though. I mean, and, and it's like, for me, that's the least favorite just because it is a very different tone from the Hulk they ended up going on. And I'm not super into the Hulk as a character. I know there's a lot of people that he is their favorite, one of their favorite heroes. And I think there's a lot of behind the scenes, like contractual issues with why they did what they did. And then the Edward Norton of it all. But I prefer the Mark Ruffalo. I preferred it even when we only had him once. I liked his take just if you're going purely Incredible Hulk to Avengers. So that's why Incredible Hulk is my least favorite. I chose Thor The Dark World. I hate that movie so much. Do you actually I am... hate it, though? <laughs> uh, so if the only movies in existence were the MCU movies, The Dark World would be my absolute least favorite. I, when I do my rewatches, I, like, have to force myself to watch it. <laughs> no, I totally understand that. Look, the Dark World is back during that period where they were still getting their growing pains. They did not know what they wanted to do with Thor. And I'll kind of segue from this because, I mean, the Dark World's going to be the next one for me. Yeah, and the Incredible Dark Hulk World's is run. the next one for me. <laughs> yeah, I think those are consensus. Like, right. everybody has those in their bottom five. So this isn't really a big deal. Like, it's not like, ooh, completely shocking. But Dark World is 24 out of 25 for me. And it is purely the Loki of it all. That gives it that slight edge, which is, I believe, interesting just because I think they actually added more Loki after how well he was received in Avengers. But yeah, so Thor the Dark World, not the best, but for me, it has a little edge over Incredible Hulk. So I guess we don't need to talk about the next one. What is your 23rd? So 23, 23. I think it's going to have to be Iron Man 2. Yep, I agree. That's my 23rd. And I mean, look, it's once again, it's still kind of that growing pain. It's only the third movie made in the MCU. Um, Whiplash is a weird bad guy. I mean, once it's obviously Robert Downey Jr. is great in every perform appearance he has as Iron Man 2. I mean, it's Tony Stark, and, but you know what I mean. And uh, I also really do like Sam Rockwell. I really want them to bring him back as one of the bigger positives I will say of that film. Yeah, I agree. I like him a lot. Like, I used to hate Iron Man 2. And I think all my hate for that movie has shifted to Thor The Dark World. 
but it's a fun movie like it... yeah and i think we should also add like we don't hate any of the mc well yeah, i don't, I don't hate actually, any of the mcu i don't actually hate them there is I enjoyment to be had it. between b- with all of these films like you can put them on you can turn your brain off for some of them and you can just they're good background they're just good fun movies but there's a lot this is a popular thing to do um and some of them are going to have to be on the bottom all right next up what do you got i I have i'll go first i've got avengers age of ultron Ooh. interesting number 22 out of 25 avengers age of ultron not necessarily a hot take on that one but it's like age of ultron is interesting but I mean, I'll let you talk first, and then I'll like give. Um, because Age of Ultron is not next for me. Oh, we're gonna talk about that one a little later for me. Right, Age of Ultron, I think is just kind of a mess. I think they didn't really do justice to Bruce and Natasha and their characterization. I think you and I have discussed this personally that Whedon um, doesn't know how to write Captain America. And I just, like, it doesn't do it for me. There are some highs. The highs are decently high. Like, the one of my favorite things in the MCU is Vision picking up the hammer. Like, I remember how exciting that was. But it just, the rest of the movie doesn't do it for me. Then there's also that one shot of one of the, yes. the Ultron yeah. bots in the animation. It's like, whatever it was. I was so Upset. It looks like claymation. It looks claymated. <laughs> the animation's like... so bad. I understand your point of view. I rate Ultron higher. We'll see where it comes in. But for now, I think, yeah. So, yeah, do you have anything 22? else to say? My 22. All right. So, my 22 is Captain Marvel. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Captain Marvel's a little higher for me, but we knew that would happen. Yeah, so, and the thing is, I don't hate it for, like, all the reasons stupid people on the internet do. Uh, Captain Marvel is a very cool character. Um, my big issues I have with this film is the story really just cripples Brie Larson's, like, like what she can do with her performance for, like, half the film. Um, and that's kind of why it's lower. It is not one I rewatch a lot. Um Obviously, Sam Jackson is great, and Brie Larson is great when she's able to actually, like, do some re- acting when she's no longer – she remembers who she is. Also, I don't. I like Jude Law in it. I love Ben Mendelsohn, though. I'm excited to see him come back. And, like, mm-hmm. I think this is another – it's one of those movies that has the possibility of, like, just the huge gap in quality from one to two. So the Marvels, I think, will redeem that. But for me, that is where Captain Marvel – all right, that makes sense. All right, so this is the last of the bottom 20%. What is your 21? 21. I'm going to come up with another. This might be a hot take to a lot of people, not to Parker, but it's going to be Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, Out of curiosity, what do you think your 20 is going to be? We'll talk about your 21, just out of curiosity. Oh, I think my 20 will probably be third, uh, Thor. Okay, yeah, 21 for me is Thor, and my 20 is absolutely Captain America. So we could just talk about them both. 
Yeah, so for me, first Avenger, it's it is a good intro intro point, but like I don't know. I just I think the action in it is very once he is Captain America is kind of rushed. There's just like a montage which I still don't like to this day. I mean, Chris Evans is amazing. We get the it establishes his character, but I also think it's it still has those early kind of pains and it's a very I really don't even know how to word why. It's just, it's lesser, in my opinion, than a lot of other films. And that's nothing wrong with it. It was, it's a good movie. But yeah. Captain America also has two of the best sequels. And then right. there's a lot of other films that just, they work for me more. The tone and all of it. And I just don't think First Avenger really does it for me. Yeah, I think for me, um, the, the reason, so the reason I think Captain America is better than Thor it's the same thing like they're both the early marvel trying to set these characters up um and i just in thor and thor the dark world are so drastically different than ragnarok uh and the characterization of thor is so different back then that it's like they're just lesser films to me now and it's the same with captain america compared with its sequels where this film yeah. is just so drastically different that when i rewatch the films i'm like it's, it's jarring. Just, it's it's jarring, and it's just, in my opinion, not as good. I think it. I think it's fun, I, I think, but it, it's just mm -hmm. not that great. So, like, and I put Thor above it. I just have a softer spot in my heart for Thor. Right. I do. I think Thor one works for me a little bit more. Loki is great. I like the whole cast. I mean, there is an issue of there's not that much chemistry between Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth. Um, but I still really love it. I see what they're going for, and I think they achieved what they were going for more in Thor than, say, Thor 2, especially in Thor 2. But, like, and it's just, it's a movie I'm more likely to rewatch than Captain America 1, and that's what gives it the slight edge, um, besides the egregious mistake they made of bleaching Chris Hemsworth's eyebrows for whatever oh, reason. Oh, so dumb. Yeah, I think for me, I, I love, like, war movies. So, I, I like the, the World War II setting of the first avenger which is why i'm i'm more likely to rewatch that than thor mm -hmm. no and i totally i get that going on to pick 19 it's gonna start getting kind of convoluted in here yeah this is the hardest this mid section here is gonna be the hardest one to really i'm honestly just trying to make sure i don't say a title and then remember one in a second you right. go ahead with your 19th are you ready okay yeah, my all right. My nineteen is the Avengers. Ooh, hot takes up in here. I'm just not that much big of a fan of the first two Avenger movies. Like, I think there's the the cultural aspect of them and mm -hmm. what they were doing, which I love. I think that's fantastic. But, like, upon rewatch, I just don't find them to be that enjoyable. And that's that's my opinion, right? I don't... Yeah, I just don't like them that much. I mean, it's a respectable 19th... I mean, I get it. I understand. Um, Avengers, yeah. I'll talk more on my thoughts on Avengers when we get to my role. Right, but right, I right. respect that. So, my 19th pick is going to be Age of Ultron. <laughs> oh, Nice. Age of Ultron is easily the, the lesser of all of the uh, just the Avengers titles. 
but for me there is like a weird enjoyment to avengers in that out of all of those films like the first one is this unique thing but the story is just them getting together and loki's there i think there is a very interesting almost oddly like self-contained quality to age of ultron like it just feels completely episodic in a way the other avengers don't like there's a build and there is like the biggest fallout from it is the fall of hydra from um and shield from winter soldier but i can i think it's just it's like perfectly fine it's overstuffed of course um and there's whedon i think at times his worst in this film well not his worst marvel wise (laughs) not his worst oh yeah Uh, um but i do like the introduction of some characters like vision wanda i guess quicksilver i mean he's not really there but the uh like you said vision picking up the hammer and then the scene after the party where they're all trying to pick up thor's hammer just really really great bits it's just one of those movies that is less than the sum of its parts let's go on to 18 what is your 18th pick do you think i think 18 for me is ant-man and the wasp ah i have the exact same one i just wrote it down and i think ant-man and the wasp is i think the ant-man movies in and of themselves some people just think the character's stupid and for a lot of people they're just kind of a up until now i think the ant-man movies are actually gonna become way more important coming into the future but at the time they were just considered this light fluff uh, this one was literally marketed off the fact it's like hey here's a palate cleanser after infinity war so yeah. you don't feel sad anymore right um Which they are fun. but i Oh, they're so much fun. I just think it's just, I think for me, it's enjoyment and impact. I enjoy when it comes purely to the Ant-Man films, the first one more, just a tad bit. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think there's a more of like, I think the best way to describe it is there's more like weirder humor in the first one than the second one. And that's what gives it like a little bit of an edge, just Ant-Man wise. But the second one also does give Evangeline Lilly more to do, which can't yeah, be I like like, that a lot. given unnoticed. It's 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 a very tough call between those because I'm I'm gonna level with you. I'm pretty sure Ant Man is going to be my next pick. I, I've got one between I think, but yeah, Ant Man's pretty close. I, another the reason why I don't really like Ant Man and the Wasp as much as I like Ant Man is the villain is just so forgettable. Um, who played the villain in Ant Man? Corey Stoll. Corey, I love Corey Stoll. Like, I'm a huge fan of him. And so, like, he's just in my mind. I loved him. I'm not, I like, I don't even remember, really, the villain from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ghost. I think they were trying to go with something different, and it just didn't quite work out. Because, I mean, Corey Stoll is your stereotypical early Marvel. I'm the bad guy. I'm the op- I have the same power set as you, but I'm just evil. Which... I think it's just the likability of the actor which saves yeah, that that's because what it boils down there's to. more there's more to ghost um and ant-man and the wasp i mean there's also like ghost is there then you have walton goggins walking around trying to steal the lab and then lawrence fishburne's not really a bad guy but he's just kind of helping the bad guy there's a lot all in all that's my two picks but what do you have because you said you have one in between them uh captain marvel oh yeah I like, yeah, I like Ant-Man more than Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel more than Ant-Man and the Wasp, but they're all kind of, they're like, that. we talk, like, this is all kind of the same vein of, like, 
quality, in my opinion. Yeah, we're getting into the group where it's like every, like in this middle part, it's like from about 19 to 15-ish. They're pretty much all the same level of quality. It just totally comes down to personal preference at that point. Just like what kind of does it more for you? Um, so you've got Captain Marvel as your what? What pick was that? That is 17 for me. And then Ant-Man is your 16? Yep. Okay, so you have nine in your list so far? You have ten. Nine. And next we're going to get... It's the first Avengers. The first Avengers deserves its place for what it did for a movie, for, like, comic book movies. And it, it's, at the time, it was just totally unheard of. And it's so funny to look back on and everybody's like holy shit i can't believe they're gonna do this and it had like five main characters <laughs> and now we've seen like so many so much more it's almost silly yeah. a little bit in retrospect but it was it was there and everything worked well i think the first avengers humor plot wise and everything relationships is joss whedon at his best which is just like a fun movie that handles a lot I think a big negative for me for this movie is the cinematography is absolute trash. Oh, it looks like a TV show. It really takes me out of it now upon rewatches. Like, I'm just like, anytime it's not an action scene and they're not outside, like they're in a room, it's like, did you, what did you guys do here? Like, I can just tell you're on a set. Like, <laughs> I agree with that. Okay, so that would be my 16th pick. What is your 15th? 15. So this is these next five movies, 11 to 15. This is the middle chunk. Like, these are not the worst movies, and uh, these are like... Are we like super off from each other? Are, are there any yes. that I've said that you haven't said at all? Or vice versa? I think the closest one is when I went Captain Marvel and you went Avengers. But even then, we've like caught up to each other now. Yeah, okay. So, we our bottom uh, ten are all the same. Just in a little bit different order. I love that. Alright, so 15. Yeah. This is our middle chunk. 15 for me is going to be Black Widow. Interesting. I, I have my next few set out. I just did it while you were talking about Avengers since I already gave my opinion. Uh, Black Widow is my 14. Dude, we are like... It's pretty, pretty incredible. Even. So Black Widow, for me, the interesting thing is a lot of the hype for it was talking about how good the fights were, how intense. And I will say, after that movie, I could not remember any of the action. Besides the when Yelena and uh natasha meet each other that is the only fight i remember and i remember that one being good every other action scene aside from that i was just like i didn't care about i think this movie nails the internal like the drama of it more so than anything which is just the most interesting dichotomy i've ever heard like all the family scenes and all that yeah. it has the best opening scene of any marvel movie but there's just uh, there's that and like we've discussed before with black widow it only, it had a ceiling because obviously there's a lot of background like Ike Perlmutter who used to kind of be over Kevin Feige in the scheme of Disney. D 
didn't think women could lead movies, and I'll actually talk more on this when we get to an Iron Man three. Um, so he didn't like he didn't want a Black Widow movie back then, and then, in my opinion, though, I still think they should have released this movie and made this movie when they made Captain Marvel, and Captain Marvel should have came out when this movie came out. I don't think. I, I think having Captain Marvel pop up for a bit in Endgame takes away nothing from you then telling her story. Whereas, like, hey, Natasha's dead, but here's a story about how she had family. I don't know. It just, it, it, it lowers, it lessens the stakes. It lessens a lot. Um, but I did love all the actors in it. I think they did great. Taskmaster is a controversial take, but uh, I don't really care. I think it works within that story the reveal of who it is but yeah i think it's just it's a perfect middle ground movie for the mcu i put doctor strange okay yeah yeah i was just gonna say it's very middle of the pack for me i love doctor strange's character we talked about that when we discussed what if last week um i just think like as far as the the rest of the movies that i have above it i enjoyed them more uh, I think about them more when I look back. It opened us up to the spiritual sort of realm within Marvel. Mystical. Mystical, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but other than that, I don't know. Like, it, it just didn't, like, really do it for me. It's still in that middle pack. And, and like, I feel like these, it's, like, sections get, of five, a, I think they're pretty much all the same quality. So, like, these next five are kind of in that realm for me. Yep, I agree. Okay, so that was your 15th. You said your 14th is Black Widow, correct? Yeah. Okay, so my 14th. Yeah, I thought I was going to put Doctor Strange higher, but I think this might be where Doctor Strange goes. And I really like Doctor Strange, but I was just looking at what else is up there, and I can't put Doctor Strange above right. them. Right. That That's why. Like, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think I was just like, damn, okay. <laughs> I like Doctor Strange. I also a lot of people couple the bad guy Cassilius from that into like the thin bad guys. I think he is actually a middle ground bad guy. Like he doesn't get enough screen time, but he Mads Mikkelsen makes so much of the material. And I also think and a lot of people forget this, the third act of this movie is very unique and I think gives it a lot. But a lot of people have also said Strange is kind of a retread of Stark, which is kind of true but yeah it's a different world i just like magic but that's kind of my thoughts on dr strange so that would have been 14 so your 14 was black widow did you have anything else you wanted to add on black widow no you pretty much hit everything that i was thinking about it um re-watching the next time i go through and do a full rewatch, i think this would this movie will just add a lot to her death in uh, endgame uh, so like I think rewatching it with pr- its proper placement will add, we'll a, add lot a lot to it. Yeah. But other than that, you know, middle of the pack. I don't think it's great, but it's definitely not as bad as uh like the bottom five. So now on to pick thirteen. All right. Mm. Do you want me to go first? I have it ready. So. All right. Let's hear it. What's yours? Black Panther. Wow. That's a yeah that's interesting i i like black panther a lot it is it is such an important film 
And I think the first two acts are absolutely amazing. I think the world building in it is some of the best in the MCU. Um, all the characters, just it's so fleshed out. It feels so real. Uh, the third act, Parker and I have kind of referenced this in the first episode. It, the third act suffers, and it has what is, in my opinion, the worst CGI in a Marvel film. With that final fight between Killmonger and T'Challa on that like railway, essentially, it just doesn't look good. Um, yeah, I would say worst but prolonged CGI. Yeah, worst prolonged CGI. Okay, that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Killmonger is rightfully so considered one of the best villains. But I also think some people take that a little too far. I'm like, you can sympathize with why he has reached this point, but you can't sympathize with what he's doing. If you really think about it, like he's not making a better world. Um, But then outside of why it's here, it's just personal taste. And there are other movies that I like to watch more than this. And I just get more personal enjoyment out of this is not taking away from what, what, what Black Panther is. My 13 and my 12 are as I don't know. I think they're pretty close. I've got both of the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, my those those two are next for me. <laughs> okay, so yeah, we can just talk about Spider-Man then. Uh, these two movies, I think, quality are pretty much the same. Um, I've got Homecoming and then Far From Home. I like Far From Home a little bit better. I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I think it's hysterical, the like flashback scene to... Was it Iron Man and uh, Civil War? Yeah. That I was laughing so hard at just like the connection, I guess. Like all the Spider Man villains have these connections to to Tony Stark and like the Avengers. It, I think it's funny. I, I think it. it's uh, yeah. I think it works better because that's a lot of people's problem. Is like, oh, nobody has a problem with Peter Parker. I was like, dude, have you watched or read any Spider Man movies or comics? Like a lot of times they don't have a problem with Peter. Peter's just the one who's like, hey, you gotta stop doing this shit, yeah. man. And then they're like what (laughs) i think it's also like this spider-man is a high school kid right so like what problem would they have with spider-man like these big bad guys obviously like i don't know like your everyday like criminal might have issues with him but like these big guys aren't gonna care about some kid going around like fighting crime like vigilante style i love how it shows the like um the ripple effects of the Avengers actions or what happened in the Avenger in the Avengers or these various things that like Tony Stark did. You know what I mean? Although homecoming has one of the most continuity breaking things in it. Which one was where that? it's the first one. It's when the opening scene opens up and it's like uh, Michael Keaton's character and they're cleaning up after Avengers. And then it goes eight years later and everybody, everybody's like, right. wait, what? That's not right. Because then in Infinity War, Tony's like, <laughs> Tony, in Infinity War, which takes place after the, this movie, Tony is like, Thanos has been in my head for six years. And you're just like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I Like, that's just, I, I think there has, they should just have somebody whose job it is to, to make sure continuity adds up for something as blatant as that wise, yeah when you when you're referencing hard numbers like you have to have somebody making sure that that's okay and honestly i would be okay if they george lucas this shit and like go back and just change the number yeah till literally 
like five it doesn't years later or whatever they need to do yeah just george lucas it release it like the new blu-ray whatever have no other changes but that number um homecoming has one of my favorite oh really quick i just want to add this homecoming has one of my favorite shots in the mcu uh, and my number 11 has my absolute favorite shot in the MCU. But Homecoming, when um, Michael Keaton figures out, oh, that is some that... amazing just visuals to, oh, gosh. that I remember seeing that in theaters yeah, and being like, that is great cinematography. Yeah, see, the Michael Keaton of it all is why I actually have Homecoming over Far From Home. And it's like you said, they are so close in quality. It is just the tiniest of an edge for homecoming for me personally yeah that makes um, sense but I, um but yeah no i think those are my next two but so that would put you one behind me right my number 11 and this is going to be a big disagreement between the two of us oh, no, guardians of the galaxy volume two how dare you i i love this movie right this just barely doesn't make my top 10 um this movie has my favorite shot in the MCU. Which one is and it? It's not even, like, I don't know. I don't know why I like this shot. It is, like, burned in my head. It is Peter Quill in Ego's egg shape. Oh, that's right. The yellow in the background, and he's just listening to music, and he looks like he's staring into the camera. I think it's just this beautiful, beautiful shot of Peter trying to, like, figure out. Ugh, I don't know. I love that shot. It's a great movie. I love Peter uh, Quill as a character. I love all the emotion that is wrapped up in this movie. I think James Gunn is a fantastic director. The music is fantastic. It just, I think the rest, I like the rest of the movies on this list more. No, and I totally get that. I mean, I know I'm in the minority with how high I rank Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, but that movie just, that movie hit me in ways. All right, so now we are on to pick number 10. Yep, the bottom the of 10. your top 10. All right, what's yours? Iron Man 3. Ah, that's what I have. I love it. Yep. And we are probably, like, the only two people that have Iron Man 3 <laughs> in their top 10. Iron Man 3 is an amazing film, it's and so anyone who good. says otherwise is a baby. Who is it? Shane there, I Black? said it. Shane Black, amazing. Um, I love it. It's not just Shane Black. It's Shane Black and Robert Downey Jr. Like, I think that combination, I, I love it. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is one of my favorite movies. Well, that's why That's why Robert Downey Jr. Like said, hey, bring in Shane Black when it, was, when it became clear that Favreau was not going to do Iron Man 3. Which is sad in its own right. I would have loved him to get the creative freedom he needed uh to make iron man 3 but i can understand uh his position after the issues with him making iron man 2 yeah so, so i get it but iron man 3 has one of the best depictions of anxiety and like ptsd i've ever seen in like a big blockbuster kind of film in a film that has this just the amount like the, what the scale of this production is like it is so good and it also does a really good job of showing how smart tony is outside of the suit um right but yeah 
and this movie's so funny. Some people think it's a little too jokey, and it kind of did. This movie and Avengers: Age of Ultron did the shitty thing where they're like, "Oh, our trailer's super dark," and then you watched it, and they're just jokes a minute, which was annoying. But I still love Iron Man three. This movie, I think I saw in like theaters four times because I was just like, I love this movie, and I didn't understand the hate it was getting. I don't have anything else to say about it. I think it's fantastic. I think it's funny. Oh, man. But yeah, uh, one thing I will say that bugs me about it when I rewatch it is that Shane Black should have gone against his instinct to make it a Christmas movie and just put some goddamn ACDC in it. Like, it just bugs me. It just bugs me. Yeah. I don't have a lot to say about the movie. Uh, I just thoroughly enjoy it. I think the voiceover is kind of fresh. I like... Aldrich Killian. I like uh, Killian. Did Did you talk about uh, Trevor? I didn't talk about I didn't talk about Trevor, man. But my boy Trevor, Trevor, man. I think might be my favorite character with the least amount of screen time. Maybe he's yeah. You got to think about how little he's actually in any of these movies, and yet I just think about it. Have you seen the? You know they used to do one shots, and it was like the yeah, Hail the King it. one shot. Yeah, dude. Right. Which I lo- now, so that's connective. It's like a trilogy. Right. It's like, oh my god. I love it. And I love the way he talks. That was my that was my impression. You'll never see me coming. A fortune um, cookie. Alright. What's your eight? Okay. Uh my eight is Iron Man one. That's my eight. I, I have the rest of my list figured out. That sorry, that's why I, I almost I yeah, no, you're good. So yeah, that's uh, that's my eight. I think Iron Man is they hit a perfect formula and a perfect like concoction in that first movie, and right. it still hangs to it still stands to this day. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. It can't be stated enough, and it will never be stated enough how great and how amazing like it, the success of the MCU is really on three people three separate people you have kevin feige of course nobody else would be able to maintain this but then favreau and robert downey jr they did so much just with this first project and then continuing through i think i actually like obadiah stain as a bad guy it starts the whole thing of like oh the bad guy is the good guy but evil (laughs) but it's still interesting um well yeah it's one of those things where you know i think people talk about Yeah, so, like, an issue with later movies is, oh, the bad guy is just the bad version of the good guy. But this is the first one. Like, this one is allowed to to do that, right? It set the precedent. So, it's like, it's okay. It did it perfectly. Then it's kind of copied. And so, that it's all right for it to do it. That's, like, giving Lord of the Rings shit for, like, fantasy tropes. Like, no, no, no. It created the trope. It, it did the trope. Also, I just think within the context of the plot for this one, it makes sense. And also going back to Ant-Man 1, it makes sense in Ant-Man 1. But that's just an throwaway comment. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's not much more that can be said about this one. Like, yeah, that the fact that it is this said. high, it, the fact that it is this high 13 years later just shows. Oh, yeah. All right. So that was eight. Eight or was that nine? That was eight. My eight is Guardians 1. Okay, word. I respect it. Obviously, this movie, Parker has talked about it a lot. We kind of we went over it a little bit last week, but I it is it, it was a surprise. It was one of the first surprises. Um, it's so funny, and it still has heart. Um, yeah, 
it's also just one of those like i think the guardians and like thor 3 are just immensely quotable <laughs> like i'll just say random shit from them all the time but yeah that's my uh number eight my number eight is captain america civil war yeah respectable yeah i think it's i think it's a great movie i mean it's in all the top 10 movies are fantastic uh, the rest of the movies I just think are a little bit better. I think it's got just some amazing tension between these characters that we've seen fight alongside each other uh, in the other Avengers films. Um, it's the introduction of Black Panther. Um, Spider-Man. Right. And then uh, we also see one of probably... In my, mm, I would go as far as to say Baron Zemo is one of my favorite villains maybe the best one of the best villains he's interesting enough i, I think it's just the dan I, I i think daniel Brühl is just really good at playing him so right. you're just kind of like yes i believe this right and it's also just like a great example of um them dealing with the repercussions of their actions right so it's another like mm -hmm. ripple film which i love all right let's Get to number seven. My number seven is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Oh, wow. I've got that one wicked high. I know. I mean, yeah. It's it, This is where we're getting down to the wire. Like, it's some of them are just going to be end up being lower than you really thought until you look at it. I think Winter Soldier uh, is when the character of Captain America really came alive for me. And when I finally was just like, oh, I like this character. Um, the introduction of Bucky was great. I mean, and I also think Captain America Winter Soldier has some of the best fighting up until what we have most recently seen. Has some of the best action. It's a little too quick cutty at times, but it works for that style. And it's such an important film in the structure of the MCU with the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA. Uh... Like, I really don't have much of a negative. Some people don't necessarily think the third act holds up as well. I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be, but it's in the middle. It's, again, one of the MCU movies where it's like the first two acts are great, and then the third act is a little lesser. But, yeah, that's why it's at seven. Yeah, my seven was Black Panther. We've already talked about it. I really love this movie, and I think Killmonger elevates it to top 10 status for me personally the third act isn't great but i still love this i love the universe they created in wakanda um i thought this was like yeah it, it's still to me thinking back on it like it stands out um i felt that it was very fresh when it came out i like it i like it a lot that's why it's up there let's go to number six number six for me is Avengers Endgame. Same here. Yep. Endgame is a movie that is totally unique in what it was trying to do, what it did, what it means, and everything. Um, the amount of hype and expectations on it were unbelievable, and in my mind, it landed all of them. This one is just a little lower than, say, Infinity War and the rest of the top five because it's hard to watch this one on its own. And it is long. 
it's three hours long so like a lot of times when i rewatch it i'm not totally paying attention to all of it but that's just it's not even a complaint on it it's just the first hour is also just incredibly heavy right um I but it's supposed that, to be like it's but it's supposed to be i think it's in the the beginning is incredibly emotional and you feel the uh effects of the end of infinity war uh i think it's a man i mean uh iron man at the beginning of endgame is i remember seeing that some of the bits of uh i remember seeing iron man in the trailer when he's in the ship and like it just hits hard um oh i remember seeing the first trailer for this and tim right. talking to like the helmet and it just yes. it absolutely it's so emotional hits. uh i think the conclusion of his story and captain america's story was done beautifully um i, I don't know everything no is... arguments on that point yeah i don't think they're i don't i they're perfect conclusions to their story um I think it's a little I, convoluted. The, oh, it's a hundred percent convoluted, but it's like you're so swept in, you kind of just, just have go to with accept it. Accept it, yeah. You just you have to go with it, and like it, comics are way more convoluted. Like if you go back and read, you know, Age of Ultron, like the stuff that the is comic, happening Age in of comics Ultron is, is unbelievable. Yeah, so like I'll accept a little, you know, movie. Uh, there's a few issues. Like I, I'm. I personally don't think the shot of all the the women um, works. I, I think it's so forced. Um, I think it's forced, and I the thing about it that bothers me is it is forced, but it's also that's Captain Marvel. They're all like, "Oh, she's got help." It's like, yo, Captain Marvel could literally murder like everything yeah, right now. We she see really her destroy to. like full the ship. big ship, and then. Honestly, she was probably about to beat the shit out of Thanos if Thanos hadn't just grabbed the Power Stone and been like, punch! Like, right. she was beating yeah, yeah. Thanos up. Like, it's it's it, I think it's that that really messes with that scene. Yeah. But it has its issues. I mean, I, for one, love what they do with Thor in this movie. And I think, yeah. and this will come back in my, like, Avengers, Infinity War, and Ragnarok comments. I think Thor has some of the best development in the MCU. Like, when yeah, you I really agree. look at it. But, yeah, no, in-game, the portal scene, I will forever remember the moment those portals start. Like, that scene starts in the theaters. Right. That is – that and Cap getting Mjolnir are some of the best movie theater moments of my entire oh, absolutely. life. Like, and yeah, I yeah. do not think they will be – okay, there is one instance where they could have some company. But for now, <laughs> I don't yeah. think they'll have any other company. All right, so we're at the top five, which we've already discussed. So I think we should just have a few comments on each and then wrap this up. Yeah, so we can – because we said no particular order. I said my number one. So we'll just go through and kind of put them in order, and then we'll – Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just start with – right. So we'll just start with five. Uh, I put Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Top five MCU movie. I thought it was fantastic. I thought we've discussed it last week, so I'm not going to really say much. Um, I just really enjoyed this film. Yeah. Number five for me is Civil War. I love Civil War. I think it is. I, it was just so much fun. It was before like the Infinity and Infinity War and Endgame of it all. It was that, that big event film that I remember a lot. 
but I also really love the ending and how they decided to stray away from the plot-driven ending and make it a character and emotionally driven ending. Yeah. But yeah. I thought it was great. Um, mm-hmm. What is your number four? Shang-Chi. Oh, okay, gotcha. My number four is Thor Ragnarok. I thought it was such a... I mean, I'm a huge Taika Waititi fan. I've seen all of his movies. Um, I love him as a director. This movie is hysterical. Like, I want to say this was the first Marvel movie I saw, and, like, all the every joke landed for me. Like, it was so funny. I think it's a fresh take on the character, and I enjoyed... Um, how this led right into Infinity War. Like, I, I just thought it was inc- it was so well done. Yeah, uh, I agree. Thor Ragnarok is my number three. So, like, I agree every, with everything you said. Right. I think it brought new life to the character of Thor, and they finally realized how funny Chris Hemsworth is as an actor. And I think it's just, it was, it's just good. It's just, it's probably the most immensely rewatchable MCU film, in my opinion. Uh, my number three is Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I probably watched this movie upwards of 20 to 30 times. I think I saw it nine times in theaters. Um, I just love it. it. It like Yeah, we've already discussed it a bit. I just think it's heartfelt. I love, you know, James Gunn's writing. And um, yeah, I just think it's fantastic. My number two is Winter Soldier. I think just love this movie i recently watched it it was like on tv i think and uh my dad was watching in the living room i just sat down and watched it through um i think it's a great movie you pretty everything that you said i agree with what's your number two avengers infinity war gotcha that movie i mean there was so much pressure on it and they broke through the ceiling of expectations like thanos is one of the best it's a thanos story and it is so genius to make thanos the real central character of the film and the ending even though in my heart of hearts i knew some of these characters were coming back spider-man's death in infinity war hurt me to a deep deep level Right, and it's so amazing that it... So it's my number one, so I'll just talk about it now, and then you can talk about your number one. Um, the We knew these characters were going to come back. These snapped characters were going to come back. Like, we knew it. Mm-hmm. There's no way they were going to kill Black Panther. There's no way that they were going to, you know, kill Spider-Man. Um, but, it, God, it was so sad. Vision's death was incredibly sad. Um, and we kind of got to see the after effects of that in WandaVision. Great movie. Yep. Amazing. Right, you want to talk about your number one? And my number one. And this is the hot. This is my hot take. This probably is, Guardians is the two. hottest take. This has got to be is, the hottest take of the entire. It is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, man. It is so beautiful. It is such an emotional and character driven story. I'm going to go on record here. This movie is the best Chris Pratt has ever acted and will ever act in his life. I, um, I actually will agree with that. I don't know if I'll agree with the rest of what you say. I can't believe this is your top it's just, movie. It's just the emotions of this story and what each and every one of them are going through. Like Peter 
just trying to like he's like oh i finally have a dad and then you find out all this and then like gamora and nebula and rocket realizing he does belong he doesn't have to be this way and then even the smaller moments with drax and mantis and like yeah dude, I, I will go it's, on the it's amazing say i it's amazing remember the subtle acting in the scene with drax and mantis was so beautiful and emotional and deep and I, I thought that was beautiful, amazing. The movie's good. I, I just the movie's the, the top. No, and I totally understand. But I, you can just feel the emotional catharsis that James Gunn went through when writing and making this film, and it, it, it just hit every bit of it hit for me, and that's why it is my favorite. And I totally understand why some people don't put it as high, but it, it just works for me. Also, James Gunn writes a makes a banging soundtrack. So, yeah, the soundtrack's <sighs> fantastic. So those were just the movies. Some people do put the Disney Plus shows in their ranking. We decided just because there is more time to let a story really grow and like go like move slower, give it more time. Yeah, it doesn't feel right. It, it's different mediums. I, it just doesn't work for me to put them in the same list. Um, but again, these are our favorites, not the movies that we think are the best films. Like technically. These are just the movies that we prefer. All right, and lastly, we are going to do our What If Episode 5 review. This one zombies. is What If Zombies. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go right off the bat and say I don't like sentient or semi-sentient zombies so i kind of had a hard time with this yeah i agree with that it was really weird that they could like tony could use his armor the one i would buy the most is the wanda zombie i don't know why even though that's the crazy powerfulest most powerful but there's like something innate because the powers are a part of her it just it, it, i guess it like it it eases my mind more than like tony using his armor or like hope and all of them being in their suits and stuff well hope was just still big well you saw in those flashback was... ones that uh, hank pym was still shrinking and getting bigger as a zombie when it was the initial right yeah. right right right. yeah and like happy says blam as a zombie i don't know it's like you can't have the best of both worlds like you can't have them still use objects and tools and have them be mindless zombies zombies mindless zombies yeah so like uh, it, that kind of took away from it for me uh i still thought it was very intense and uh exciting like i love a good zombie mindless horde story the walking dead is like my favorite comic of all time um so like i was on the edge of my seat through the whole episode it was still good it was still quality and them being able to use their powers added to that. Um, but I still had that issue. Yeah, and that's just like a personal preference when it comes to zombies, which I totally get. Um, it was a surprisingly graphic cartoon. <laughs> like, Yeah. Falcon got cut in half. Like, Sharon gets exploded. Like, the ants eat all the flesh off Strange, Tony, and right, Wong. Right, 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 No, Wong got his head cut off. That's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
the stuff with Vision was great. The like, stuff with Vision. Honestly, part of me wishes they hadn't spent so much time in the first act. Like they could have spent more and made it this claustrophobic story, of like, okay, they get saved early on, and then they're all hanging out with Vision working. Like it's like you can tell it's been some time. So Vision has been alone. You could even do the whole thing they find T'Challa, but just make it more of that because I liked it. But it just felt like I liked it a lot. It felt like a turn in the in the p- passing of the story. Um, yeah. So it just felt like they could have focused more on what they were doing up into that point, or focused more on this. Not have them both. Also, Vision ripping his own stone out, hard as fuck. That was crazy. I did not expect. He that. was like, "I have to." Attend. Okay, I'm confused, and I might have missed some dialogue. Why couldn't Vision cure Wanda? Uh, he said her powers were resisting it, you know, because her powers gotcha. come from the okay. Mind Stone. From the Mind Stone. Okay, that's, I assumed it was something like that, and I think I probably just missed that little bit of dialogue. Um, I do want to say, and I said it last time, that this show's strength is taking characters that we know and putting them in circumstances we would never see in the universe, like the main, you know, through line. Do we refer to it as Earth 616, or is it a different Earth? I don't know if they've gone that far as yet. Okay, we'll, we'll probably get into that here soon, like, in the universe. But, like, I love seeing that. Yeah, I do love that. I like, just love... I love seeing Spider-Man, you know, kill zombies. It's great. I just like the group of characters they decided for their team. It was yeah. such an interesting... Headless Ant-Man. Headless Ant-Man is the funniest thing. That, I love it. Because when because I saw Paul Rudd in the credits in the opening, and then he dies mm-hmm. immediately, and I was like, wow, they got Paul Rudd back to say, like, three words. That was interesting. And then he came back, and he was just headless, especially him with the cape. Oh, I love it. So funny. Um, But, yeah, no, I really liked it. One thing I didn't like, though, was how it ended, because it just kind of ended. And I have the same note. I was just like, oh. I hated the ending. I was just like, oh, okay like okay like it's not even like they really like the shot of sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say it's like did they get the cure out because it's kind of confusing up to that like what they're trying to say it's like oh the stone should have saved everyone but then thanos is a zombie like it doesn't like i don't know i really don't get it like thanos has all the stones and is a zombie and that last shot was like wicked rushed like I was like, like you should have held on that for a little bit longer. I felt and like the music was kind of honestly. Weird. I did not like the ending. I didn't like the all. ending. And honestly, if they're gonna stick with that shot, they should have made it longer. And they should have just had him snap and then do that bright light, and that could have been the end at least. Because I don't, I don't know why. I feel like if you're gonna say, oh, this is inevitable because of what happened, at least go the full tilt, showing him even though he's a zombie, he still won. Like, right, right, right. right. I just didn't. Yeah. I, the ending didn't do it for me because I remember they get on the plane and I was like, this is only like half an hour and i pause it and i was like oh shit there's only four minutes left this episode's over and then it's like literally 30 seconds later yeah i would have loved this episode to be like 15 minutes longer have more stuff with vision because i liked the first bit up to vision i liked it a lot like add some more time with vision and like make it more of a mystery that he's hiding wanda i don't know yeah i mean i think it's fine i think this one just for pure wildness of concept kind of ranks higher than the first two for me but it's below episodes three and four. Yeah, it's definitely below three and four for me. What would you rate it out of five? Uh, in between a three and a three and a half. 
Yeah, I, I sat here for a while debating three or three and a half. And I, I put it at a three. I'm not a fan of semi-sentient zombies, and I was not a fan of the way it ended. So. Yeah. So, real quick, there's four episodes left. We know there is a Party Thor episode, or something with Thor. There's the episode with Tony and Killmonger, where Killmonger saves Tony. Then, based off imagery, there is one with Ultron, where Ultron looks crazy upgraded. And then there's another photo of Gamora in what looks like Thanos' armor with his sword from Endgame. So that's what we've got Ooh. coming up on the docket. But yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. All right. Well, that ends um, the second episode of Movie-ish. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you like what you hear, uh, share the podcast with your friends uh, or on your social media. We are trying to upload episodes every Monday at about 8.30 Eastern. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next week.